Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another Oldfoot Basics Discover podcast. I'm your host, Derek Craig, and this is the podcast where we learn something new about our incredible industry on every single episode. As I said, this is episode 35, so if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, go back and check out a lot of the topics that we've already done. Uh, we've got lots of <laughs> a wide variety of topics. Uh, sometimes when I try to summarize the different things that we talk to or talk about on the show to other people, it's like, I don't even know where to begin. We've literally covered a little bit of everything, uh, but lots in between left that we have to cover yet. So lots of future episodes planned, lots of cool topics planned, um, but we got everything. Uh, we just did, uh, so drilling and extender reach or cementing and extender reach drilling was a couple of our, our most recent episodes. You can go clear back to the beginning guys where we talk about, um, MWD basics, everything. We, we talked about uh, canine pipe inspection. That was our, our first and second episode, um, all the way up through um, rig moves, well planning, uh, the life of a reservoir, literally like all kinds of really cool topics. So go back and check those out. Um, also, please uh, feel free to drop the uh, review about the show. Uh, that also, also always helps others find it. Um, also, um, just dropped a couple new videos, at least when the, this podcast is being recorded. Um, just dropped a video on, on, on why we flare, and that's kind of a complex topic, but I tried to break it down, <laughs> break it down for, for someone who's, who's literally just trying to figure out why do we see so many flares, uh, especially in certain parts of the country uh, that are associated with our operations. So talk about that. Also, vapor recovery, uh, what that is, flash gas, that's all kind of tied in there. Go a little bit technical, but also bring it back big picture. So a couple cool videos just released. Uh, check those out. At this point, when this podcast comes out, I'll probably even have some more. So always uh, be checking out our, our LinkedIn pages and our, our website and our YouTube channel. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, a slightly less top uh, technical topic. <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, women in oil and gas, and we've got someone here who's very passionate about that topic and has a pretty cool background that she wants to share with us and some exciting news along the way. So without further ado, on the phone with me, I've got Miss Yao. How are you doing today? Hello. Good. How are you? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for reaching out. You reached out to a couple of weeks uh, back to me. I was like, hey, I've been listening to the podcast and think, you know, this would be a good topic to get out in front of uh, your audience. So thanks for listening and for reaching out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just one of those topics that everyone's really interested in, but nobody ever talks about it. So why yeah. not talk about it? <laughs> for sure. For sure. So before we go too further, um, can I get you to say your, your full name as you would say it? Because I don't want to butcher it. No, I want to give, <laughs> give it justice here. Okay. So it's Maciel Diaz Mello. Gotcha, gotcha. Pretty complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Like, and I asked, I asked her before, you know, before we started recording, how to say it. And it's always one of those things. Like, well, I can say it right in that moment. And then, <laughs> whenever I, I try to blend it in real smooth, right to, into the transition, it's like, oh boy, you know, forget it. <laughs> yeah. No. Honestly, happens to me all the time. Even some of my like, my best customers that I've been working with for a while, sometimes they'll say my name, and I'm like, what did you just call me? He's like, I still don't know how to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So. And the, the the worst one was probably the. Last last episode that I just did. So the one that I had right before this episode 34, um, the, the episode on extended reach drilling with a guy named Chris cuts and, um, the episode. So the guy who actually reached out to me was someone he works with. And, um, so when I was announcing who I was on the phone with, I was looking at my screen and it was the old email, um, of the, of the guy that basically introduced me to Chris. And so I introduced, uh -oh. <laughs> I introduced that guy instead of Chris and he literally had to stop That's me. He was like, Oh, I think we might want to stop and, and redo that part. <laughs> So that's, that's the, really funny. the beautiful thing of podcasting, at least for, for me, is like literally y'all are on the, the road show with me <laughs> learning how to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I mean, we just uh, we just launched ours today. Yeah, so congrats, congrats. Yeah, yeah, the podcasting world's 
completely different, but I'm excited to be part of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this, like I said, like I'm sure, I mean, you guys can all probably recognize by now. So today being the day that we're recording this, so by the time this episode comes out, this will have you probably have what a couple episodes. Are you doing one a week or two a week or? Yeah, we're doing one a week. So we've actually been recording for the last two months just to have some in the bank. Oh, awesome. uh, yeah, it'll be once a week. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, you, we've got a couple. Um, we'll have another, so you'll probably be two episodes by the time, uh, this comes out. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys probably. can jump over and listen to that. So yeah, tell us a little about, um, kind of dove clear over to the, the podcast, but t- let's kind of fill the gap here. Uh, tell us a little about your, your background and, and what this podcast is even about. Maybe start there, I guess. <laughs> okay. So I'll actually start with my background just to make sense of why I started this podcast. All right. So I, um, joined oil and gas about eight years ago, right out of university. So I grew up in Canada in Montreal specifically. It's in Quebec. It's the French part of Canada. And I went to McGill University and uh, Slumberger was recruiting there at the time. So Montreal is very much, um, you can consider someone like New York. You know, no one really works in oil and gas. You don't see any rigs. Uh, Friends and family had never been in this industry. So I grew Mm -hmm. up with never thinking I would go into this industry. Um, One day I was just walking at school I was in my third year about to graduate and uh, it was the summer internships were coming up and Slumberger was there and they had a a campaign called stilettos to steal toes (laughs) so it was pretty cool yeah they had uh, like a couple of posters and it was a girl wearing coveralls with a hard hat and like she had her hair done her makeup was done and in one leg she had or on one foot she had stilettos and then on the other foot she had steel toe boots and I don't know, there was something about it that weirdly just caught my attention. And I was like, oh, that that seems pretty cool. It's kind of showing me that I could do both. And it just seemed interesting to me. I had never really thought of oil and gas until that poster. Mm -hmm. I started looking a little bit more into it. Um, I didn't know anything about the company. I butchered their name. I was like, (laughs) Slumberger, like everybody else does. (laughs) And uh, luckily that week, um, there was a career fair. So they had a big booth. And Honestly, I don't know what it was, but it was something really drew me to them. And I think it was because they were catering or kind of focusing on women joining the industry mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what? I want to be part of a company that is that cares for girls like me who have no idea what this is about, but are telling me that I can have a career here, mm-hmm. you know, because it is very much male dominated. Uh, so I just kind of gave them a shot. I did an interview and uh, I got the internship out of three students. There is you know, thousands of applications. They were only taking three people in all of Canada. Mm. So I got really wow. <laughs> lucky to, you know, land that internship. Yeah, for sure. And what were you going to school for at this time? Um, I was uh, graduating chemical engineering. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So there, there was a little bit of an engineering uh, background there then? Yep, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. So you, you got, what, three out of a, out of how many apps? So that, that's that's pretty impressive. So what, what happened from there? Thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, I got moved to Alberta, which is basically, I always say, it's like the Texas of Canada. Mm-hmm. It's very much, uh, you know, pickup trucks, ranches, and rigs. Um, so I had never <laughs> been to that side of Canada. We just got on a plane, got there, and they put me in fracking. So for the whole summer, I was just shadowing a frack crew and I would go from, you know, pad to pad and kind of learn all about fracking. I was kind of like an operator in the sense that, you know, we were doing maintenance on the pumps. I was helping them break up, you know, move very heavy stuff, obviously all uh, with teamwork. But I was just kind of like one of them for the summer. 
And I absolutely loved it. That so much that when I finished my internship, I remember calling back home, uh, you know, to my parents and to my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And I was like, um, so yeah, I'm coming back here next year. I don't know what life is going to look like. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me coming into the oil field just because <laughs> it's somewhat is negative sometimes, you know, yeah. uh, looking outside, people think it's like this big bad monster. And I was like, I'm coming back here. That was mm-hmm. like, I finished that internship and I had a goal and it was when I graduate, I'm coming back here. Um, luckily I did a good job that summer and they offered me a full-time position by the time I graduated. So I kind of just started as soon as school finished. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. I hadn't actually heard yeah. of uh, uh, chemical engineering uh, internship uh, being put in in hydraulic factory. So that's pretty cool, especially that it was a, a field mm-hmm. internship too. So that was, that was probably a bit of a culture shock, right? To go from basically New York City be- kind of lifestyle <laughs> to uh, you know on the on location fracking with a bunch of rough guys, probably. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was completely different. You know, um, even just the landscape or like I was uh, in very remote locations up north in Canada mm-hmm. where we even had to like helicopter into the pads just because oh, it was man. in the middle of a bush. Oh, seriously? And man can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was to me, it was just like the coolest adventure. And it's really weird. I always say this and sometimes I'm like, uh, I remember working insanely hard and it being really hard throughout my last five years that I was in the field afterwards. But. I always felt like I wasn't really working. It always felt like I was having fun. Yeah. In well, a weird cool. way. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that's what like, so I've seen this too. And, and, and just from being a, a petroleum engineering student, you, you can definitely tell the people who have the passion for the industry and, and really enjoy it regardless of pay, regardless of situation um, versus the people who are coming at it uh, for the money. And, and there's still some justification. Yeah. You know? I mean, everybody has to, make money um but at the same time like you can definitely tell a difference that's pretty pretty cool that you got bit by the bug basically (laughs) yeah and um honestly on that topic on money just because i like being transparent um a huge part of why i decided to come back to the oil field was the money aspect in Mm -hmm. the sense that it really showed a lot of opportunities for me to kind of get out of the i would say lower to middle class um, that I grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, just because when I did go to Alberta and I did my internship, when I was talking to, you know, all the like 18 year old guys who like didn't even go to school and they were making over a hundred thousand dollars as an operator. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just being like, what you guys make this kind of money? Like this is yeah. insane. <laughs> so when I, when I went back to Montreal, um, I just knew that if I joined the oil field, I was guaranteed to make way more money than I would have ever made if I stayed in that city. Mm-hmm. So that was, I would say, like probably one of like the top two reasons why I decided to join oil and gas. It just meant financial freedom eventually one day for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's definitely, that's very, very legitimate. That has to definitely be a, a part of our decision-making of, of careers. Um, I'm curious whenever yeah. you got sent basically into the jungle um, and you had to be flown yeah. <laughs> in and everything. So like, I guess like, like your, your first impressions really and what, as, as a female, but also just as someone who wasn't exposed or really had, you know, you know, New York City versus like, you know, middle of the jungle with you know, all this yeah. heavy iron yeah. and, and, and these operations and stuff like, like what's some of your, I guess like first impressions, how do you um, interpret that? Um, to be honest, I was, I just felt like it was like this really cool adventure that I was on. Everything was new to me, but I'm someone that always looks at the glass, you know, full. 
mm-hmm. versus half full. Um, I just, everything was positive for me. Even if I was like, I'm in a remote area, I'm <laughs> with a ton of guys that maybe I don't necessarily like all of them. I was just like, wow, I get to be here out of three people who they chose. Yeah. So I kind of just, everything was insanely positive for me. And to be honest, like a, a question that I get a lot is like, were people nice to you? Um, how did it feel working with, you know, just a crew of like 25 guys and then on location, there's probably like a hundred people. And I was usually always the only girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Like weirdly people were very nice to me. Um, <laughs> everyone was really helpful too. And everyone just kind of wanted me to succeed. But I think it wasn't just because that's how people are. I think it's, it really shows how you kind of handle yourself in those situations. So I was, I've always been a hard worker. So if, if I could do it, I wouldn't want them to help me. So yeah. I always tell girls, like, it's, it's your initiative. You know, you can't go in there thinking that you're going to be a princess. And, <laughs> oh, like, I can't lift that up. I can't get dirty. I can't do this. That's yeah. going to be really hard for you to get their, you know, their, I don't know how to explain it, like, for them to really like you and trust you and then want to help you. Yeah. So I think they saw that I was like, man, I want to be like one of you. I don't want to be differentiated just because I'm a girl. So I would take that big hammer that weighed probably more than me <laughs> and I would try to help them rig up. And yeah, yeah. once they kind of saw that, they were like, you know what, we're going to help her out. She's she's trying really hard to be here. Yeah. So I've had, I've, yeah, I would say like it's been really good for me, but I think it's also my attitude towards when I came in and started working. Oh, for sure. And I think that that goes for really everybody. Um, the attitude yeah. that you know you come in with is going to very much quickly shape how others view you, and then thus build. You know the relationship's going to be built off that. So, you know if you come in totally. um, as a female, or even you know a, a dude that's you know, not familiar with the industry or whatever, um, or just doesn't want to work or oh, ha- yeah. has a, a bad mentality about it, or you know, or just expects to be treated differently or something like that, then you probably will be, but not because of your situation, but because of your attitude. Exactly. Yep. No. Totally. So. No, that's a pretty beautiful yeah. lesson. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even really yeah. thought about that, that too much before. <laughs> Actually, you know, so like for anyone who's listening, who's still in school or, you know, is about to join the industry, that's probably like my number one tip. And it was a tip that I was given at the very beginning. And I took it my whole way to my career in different districts or anytime I was new somewhere at work is always you can't come in thinking, you know, more than everybody else just mm-hmm. because you're an engineer. That was really badly taken. So there was <laughs> yeah. always engineers who would, you know, fresh, freshly graduate and they think they're, you know, they're the freaking best just because they graduated MIT or whatever university they went to. And then yeah. in reality, like your operators or all the people who've been in the field who might not have a degree, they're 10 times ahead of you and they're way oh, yeah. smarter a lot yeah. of times. So it was always like, if you, even if you don't agree with something or even if you don't think so, just because in your engineering brain is telling you that this is smarter, <laughs> always listen to the seniors or always listen to the people on your team that have been there way longer than you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, too, to kind of figure out what everybody's like hidden talents are. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories just in the short time I've been I've been working now uh, full time just of, of some of the operators that have literally done these these incredible like even very techy things right that have just changed the scope of of how you know communications oh, yeah. <laughs> done and how everything's tracked and it's it's, it's crazy so <laughs> definitely yeah. uh, look out for the, those hidden talents and I guess coming out as a 
as an engineer, uh, you know, we're, we're you know, going to be affecting operations. And uh, those operations, even if those are things that we've learned about in school, are going to be incredibly different company by company. Uh, they're going to be practiced different. Oh, yeah. There's going to be different rules. There's going to be different hoops you have to jump through. Um, so those those operators really do know 10 times as much as you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so keep that in mind, <laughs> I guess, for an, yeah. any, any students listening. And I just did a, um, I actually did a YouTube video on um, kind of advice for any, anybody's tool in, in college that's that's coming out as either an engineer or petroleum engineer. So, and some of these, some of these were, um, you, you heard in that as well. So there's some crossover. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. But, uh, very cool. So I, I would imagine too, like, um, your family, what was the kind of the impact on your family? Said, hey, I'm going to, I'm taking this job way out in the middle of the, the jungle, basically. I'll be helicoptered in and be on a location with uh, probably rather, I'm, I'm the only girl, right? So, <laughs> yeah. that blow over? <laughs> um, that's actually a really good question. So, um, I would say my mom was obviously a little worried in the sense that she didn't really want me to, you know, move across the country just because that's kind of what parents yeah. want you to stay close by and be okay. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. also like, she knew that I would be in a male dominated industry. So like, Ooh, how is that going to play around? But I think she, she also saw the opportunity and was like, I know she's going to do a great job. So, and I think this is good for her career and for her life. So she was insanely supportive about it. Um, a little one that was a little bit harder was um, more my dad. He was, he's more of an environmentalist and very, very <laughs> against oil and gas, like insanely against oil and gas. So he didn't take it very well. He was <laughs> he tried, you know, steering me away from it, saying yeah. that like going there is like I'm destroying the planet and I'm going to be part of the problem. And but you know, I did my own decision and I was like, I thanks for telling me what you think, but I'm still going to join. And <laughs> so you were a rebellious child. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. And uh, but the, I think the hardest hardest one was uh, my boyfriend at the time. Uh, who luckily we're married now, so the story ends well. <laughs> but um, when I told him I was going to join, it was a little bit hard just because we had all these plans of, hey, once we're done university, uh, maybe we could get married. And then your typical, your typical, I guess, dream that you have, right? You go to high school, then you go to college, you kind of graduate, you get a good job, you buy a house, you get married, you have kids. Like that traditional <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah, and I was kind of just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm peacing out. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm packing my bags and moving across the country. And you can join me if you want, but <laughs> there's no way I'm staying in Montreal. You know, like yeah. I kind of, but at the same time, it was hard because I, like, what do you do, right, for the longest time? And luckily, I had like, I would say seven, eight months to really think about this before I did move because mm -hmm. I was still fin finishing my last year. But a lot of it was like, I, I love him. I don't want to just leave and ruin everything that we've built to this point mm -hmm. um, over a career. Or do you stay for love and kind of not have a career? So mm -hmm. I was kind of in that dilemma whether I would take it or not. Some days I'd say, you know what, screw the career, screw the, <laughs> the better opportunity. I want to I be with this person. But at the same time, I would always think that I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't do this for me. And then I would yeah. kind of blame him over saying, like, <laughs> I stayed here for you. And then I could have been X, you know? Yeah. So, but in in, um, in all fairness, throughout the entire process of me going back and forth between it, he was insanely supportive of it. He was like, if you want to go, go ahead. Like, I'll support it. We don't need to break up. I'll come visit you. 
So it really made it easy because he was like on board with me going to go do my career from the very beginning. Gotcha. So That's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it was nice that he was super okay with it and supported me through all, my whole career life. Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess, you know, guys would have a, could have a similar dilemma, um, but at the same time, definitely a little bit different perspective for, you know, <laughs> this decision from a, a woman. Um, I guess, you know, you can, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, you know, one of the things we've got to realize just as general human beings is, you know, obviously, you know, what, what is, you know, what, what is the, the, the true, what are we trying to get out of our, our, our life? It's not our jobs, right? But at the same time, yeah. you, know, you can, you can often kind of put the, those, those things in life kind of on hold just a little bit, right? Kind of like you were talking about, just kind of delay them, right? And get to them later <laughs> and, and do this exactly. for you and, and, and experience, mm-hmm. right? This part, this, this career and this lifestyle while you can, so. And I think that that's, yeah. that's common too. That especially um, some engineers out of, out of school or or and doesn't even have to just be engineers, but you know have the idea of, of going and traveling around for the first couple of years and then and then settling down later, whatever that whatever that looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wherever that might yeah. be. A bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool per- perspective there. Um. So once you so yeah. you, so you got your job, you moved. To, it sounds like you moved to the United States, right? Um. What. But you were still on the the completion side with, with Slumberjay. Were you um, kind of like the the engineer on the, on the crew, um, like the the treater? Or, or yeah. What so was your position I, there? Yeah. So the, my internship was in frac, but when I actually joined the company, I was uh, put into wireline open hole. Oh, okay. So it's not your it's not your traditional wireline that most people know nowadays, which is more the pump down perforating side, uh, which is you know the biggest part of the market now. Right. I was more into open hole. So open hole wireline is right after you finish drilling the well, um, they call us out to go log the interval. Um, so we basically log either A, the entire well or a portion. And mainly the people who are looking at this are the petrophysicists and the geologists. Mm-hmm. And the reason you would call out wireline open hole is for them to give you logs of your well. So the logs have everything from gamma ray, neutrons, porosity, resistivity curves, and it's basically, I mean, if you did patrolling, you kind of had a class on this a little bit, but for those who don't know, it's it's kind of like a summary of your well in the sense that by looking at these curves, you're able to look at the different formations, the different, you know, sands, and then also what's in those rocks, mm-hmm. whether there's a little bit more water or oil, and it kind of tells the, you know, the oil company if they have a good well or not and what are their zones where do they want to perforate where do they want to land the well etc mm-hmm. so that's kind of what i did um for about five and a half years that's what i i was a you know wireline engineer that was in charge of the crew um and we would go from rig to rig to rig to rig whenever we would get called out and uh, it was more of a 24 7 schedule um uh, while you were working so i was doing a two weeks on one week off so mm-hmm. For two weeks, you were on call 24-7 for the whole two weeks. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'd get called at 3 a.m., at midnight, at 10 a.m. Like, <laughs> your phone would ring, and you had to head out to the rake. Basically. Yeah. So it was pretty challenging in, in that aspect, just because your work-life balance is pretty hard to maintain. Yeah. But you just have to do the best that you can. Yeah. So on the on yeah. the the two weeks on, it'd be hard to probably do anything uh, recreational wise, or, or just you know on the side for fun or whatever, just because of for one where you're at, and you know, and but then also like you seriously have no, no idea when you're going to be called out. 
Exactly. <laughs> so for the two weeks, like, forget it. You can't do anything, especially right. because you're probably trying to sleep. Uh, sleep was insanely important. So sometimes, let's say I wasn't getting called out that evening. You just never know. So sometimes people would go out or they'd stay up all night doing whatever. Right. Yeah. When do you sleep? Yeah. And then your and then your phone rings and you're like, I should have freaking prepared better. Now I have yeah, like 30 hours ahead of me. Yeah. Exactly. So usually on my two weeks, I was very like disciplined and like, <laughs> okay, no one's called, but I'm gonna go to bed because I don't know what 3 a.m. is gonna look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be that'd be just a hard lifestyle. And, and there's plenty of people in our industry that that deal with that. That's the norm for them. And then you hear about mm-hmm. the, the stories of people staying up for you know 36 hours straight or whatever. And like that's that's how it happens. <laughs> Because yep. they're on that type of a of a schedule, <laughs> I know it, it's hard exactly. enough for for me. Just like I'm about ready to start a kind of a temporary rotation here for I don't know a couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it ends up being. Um, it's hard enough to just schedule, you know, all for basics interviews and all this kind of stuff <laughs> around yeah. a known schedule <laughs> of of yeah, starting yeah. end times. Like I even know that, and it's hard. So I can imagine not knowing you know, when you're going to get called out. So that, that's crazy. <laughs> it was um. And honestly, like a lot of people always ask me why I stayed in the field so long. Like five years is five and a half years is pretty long for yeah. a field engineer, especially in North America. It's probably about three ish years. Yeah, I'll say really and, any engineer know, for for that matter. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, it was just like I said, I, I was having fun. So when you're having fun, like time kind of flies. Yeah, and I, I mean, there was a lot of jobs where. It wasn't fun, and I was like writing up my "I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna quit." My, I'm gonna quit letter, you know. Like yeah. it was, you had really good days, and you had really bad weeks or months. But overall, I feel like when I look back at my field career, I can just see the positives and like my yeah. high moments. But yeah, it's uh, it's a little challenging, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, and is I guess is I kind of just come back to like the idea or feeling of it kind of being an adventure, uh, like you said, towards the beginning. Exactly. You just never knew what your day was going to look like. Yeah. Like I said, you never knew who was going to call you. You didn't know what Rick was going to call. You didn't know what tools you were going to run. So yeah. that Always really adrenaline. Me. <laughs> exactly. Like every job was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen on this one? Are we going to do good? Or are we going to do bad? Am I going to have a tool failure? Like right. it was always like, it was exciting, weirdly. And I, I'm not a nine to five person. I hate boring. I hate <laughs> yeah. the typical like <laughs> cookie cutter. Everything's the same every day. Like I do not strive well in those kind of environments. Mm-hmm. So I was always really scared to leave the field. Yeah. I didn't want to go into the corporate world and back into an office right behind a desk because that kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think it depends on what position you go in because now I'm in sales and perforating, <laughs> um, and I love it. It's, yeah. it's exciting just because every day you're meeting somebody new, you're going after different customers. So I was able to find something that fit me well outside of the field, but it was it was definitely scary for me to get out. And that's yeah, why I'm yeah. along. I get that's kind of a, a subtle lesson, I guess, too, for anybody listening to uh, this episode, that really you can make your career, whatever you want out of the oil and gas. It, it's so vast. Um, if, if you want the, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want the you living day to day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to live on the edge of your seat and adrenaline, you know, you can do the kind of stuff she's talking about or, or if you are that, you know, that sounds miserable to you and you want a very steady schedule, <laughs> there are plenty of those jobs too. <laughs> so you can really yep. make, make it what you want. And it, it might be hard, you know, kind of starting out, you kind of take what opportunity you have. 
Uh, but once you get out, once you get exposure, once you listen to a few Wolf of Basics podcasts, you know, <laughs> you'll kind of know maybe some you'll other know. opportunities, <laughs> yeah, that you can that you might be able to take part of and that you might be interested in. So definitely a very vast, yeah. vast industry. I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's yep. maybe some others that are comparable, but I'd say we're in the lead. <laughs> definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I get one of the one of the, the topics I'd like to hear more about your perspective on is you know whenever you and it sounds like you've obviously worked with multiple different crews, multiple different locations, multiple cultures. Um, what's kind of some of the, I guess have you have you faced you know differences of treatment or anything like that as a woman or as I guess you know someone who is new to the industry or anything like that that because common I guess we would we would think and we've already we've hit on it a little bit but anything else on that front. Um, that you would that you would want to make known to any other uh, women listening to this? Yeah, so I would say it's kind of different whether you're in the field or you're in the office. So mm. I'll kind of explain my side. So when yeah. I was in the field, I think at the very beginning when you first show up and they don't know you, they have all these freaking perceptions of who you are. Or why you're out you look there. A certain yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this, this is none of this is against you know the the field guys or anything like that. We're just trying, you know, you know, it's, it's, adding some context like, you know, and trying if to figure it out. Guy, if, exactly. If I was a guy, I'd probably think the same thing. Yeah. You know, like it's you just you're like, and the other thing is like you kind of stand out because you're the only freaking girl there. So it's it's always like awkward <laughs> at the beginning. Right. Yeah. But so they don't they don't know. But a lot of people kind of judge as well on just who you are from not knowing you and but the, the, what i liked about the field is that no matter what anybody's thought about me i can prove myself by my hard work mm-hmm. and because they would see me out there filled with mud with my hair tied <laughs> yeah. like my i'm freaking tired i haven't showered <laughs> in three days and i'm i'm just busting my butt out there and i just gain everybody's respect because they're like wow, I was judging her thinking that she wouldn't be able to last. She wouldn't be able to lift that. She wouldn't be able, you know, you have all these perceptions maybe in your head towards somebody. And I'm just there. Like, I love when people underestimate me. I like, I strive off that. I'm like, I just want to prove everybody wrong here. And then at the end, you just, just gain everybody's respect. And then I had a really great time in the field just because everyone did see that I wasn't there to play. Like I was there to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only time that I could say has been really challenging for me and it takes a little bit more time to gain people's respect and trust is now that I'm in the office because when I meet customers for the first time and I, or I go to a presentation in sales for whoever and I walk in and I'm usually the only girl, nobody knows my background. Mm-hmm. No one knows that I busted my butt for five years in the field and ate crap. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like no one, no one saw the amount of challenges that I faced to be where I am today. It's just you get this perception of like um, I'm this girl who walks in, and then people, and I've seen this happen a lot where people just assume that you got where you are today because you're a girl and you had it easy, and maybe just because they consider you a good-looking girl or something that you know you kind of made your way up the chain because of your looks mm-hmm. or because you favored specific people or honestly, there's just so much crap out there yeah. in terms of some women who make it to the top or make it to a specific, uh, you know, place. It's never like, Oh, she worked really hard for it. It was like, Oh, well, she's a girl. Of course she's going to get promoted because there isn't enough of her or especially with sales. 
it's kind of hard because people kind of judge you on the sales side, thinking that you don't know anything about Waterline and you were just put there because you're a girl and you're easier to sell to, or, you know, you're easier yeah, to sell. Yeah. And it, it frustrates me because it's like, again, they're underestimating me thinking that I'm just in this position because I got lucky or because I'm a girl and they felt bad for me and then they put me here. Um, but once they, my customers get to know me or people kind of find out that I did all the field and I actually know what I'm talking about and I'm not just this like airhead person who walks into his office and I'm going to sell you because of whatever X reasons everybody thinks, mm-hmm. it's been easier now to gain the, the respect and the trust. So now my customers know that I did really hard in the field and all this stuff. And so it's, it takes a little bit longer, I think, once you're in the office to gain that respect because nobody knows you. While I was in the field, you, you just show it. Yeah, gotcha. And it's going to take something different, you know, for everybody probably to, to gain their respect, regardless of, of your situation, regardless of, of who you are or your background. Yeah. It's, going to, it's going to take something different. You know, everybody kind of comes in with, you know, whatever preconceived notion it is built in. I mean, it's just human nature. I mean, I, get, I think I've, I've heard at some point, you know, some of it to some extent goes back to just, you know, the survival, right? We have to make yeah. immediate <laughs> preconceived no- notions, right? It just built into us. Um, and, and then we see this not, you know, not only just, make, you know, as women going out there or whatever, but also like, you know, even just like me as a new engineer or whatever, you know, always showing up. If you, you know, if it's like your first day that, you know, standard issue, new hard hat, of course it's shiny, right? You just got the new boots yeah. from the boot money, right? You, you show up on pad. It's the first thing everybody's going to say, right? So <laughs> you just got yeah, to like, prove um, it. <laughs> prove yourself. Yeah, or like, like say like, or like let's say like you just joined the the company and your dad works in oil and gas or your dad's oh, yeah. <laughs> higher up. They're gonna be like, Oh, this guy's not smart. He just got here because of his dad. You yeah. know, like it's, it's I guess like you said, it's normal, you know, <laughs> people are gonna say whatever they want. But it's it's really up to you to just keep your head high and Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the attitude you come into it with it. So, you know, if, if people keep at you about the the, the new <laughs> the the new hard hat and stuff well you know take them out sit back with you and let and kick it around each other you know your hard hat on the ground with each other and you know <laughs> exactly let them help you scuff it up right <laughs> there, there's there's lots of yeah. ways to, to get over the these <laughs> preconceived notions and have fun doing it so <laughs> yep yep <laughs> No, pretty pretty cool background. I appreciate your your openness on on all these topics, and I, I think it's just good for just general awareness, right? Kind of the struggles that each each other kind of feel, and and you know just how to how we can help each other out out there and, and continue forward as a, a unified industry. And, and I think you know a lot of your stories you've said to you, you're, you've been the only girl on X location or in this situation or whatever. And I think that that's slowly changing uh for sure there's definitely a lot of of, of women that that are in oil and gas and you know it's becoming a trend right <laughs> there's yeah, definitely yeah, more yeah. it's a good thing yeah definitely and I, I have seen a big change in the last even five years um towards really bringing more women into the industry yeah. um and it, it's been great you know the more diverse we are and the, the just the better kind of teams you can have when there are you know different perspectives Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, the, some of the the women I've worked with, um, whether they're, you know, I've, I've even had um, worked with techs and stuff that are um, a little bit older women, and they're just, they're just my goodness, the, the, they bring a different set, you know, of, of knowledge and background yeah. and everything to it. it. It's it's very much needed, right? <laughs> Definitely it's needed, very yeah. needed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. So anything? Yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I guess I know at the beginning you mentioned to talk a little bit about the podcast and kind of like yeah. all of this into it. It makes sense for everybody. 
so with with my background and just being in the field and always kind of being the only woman out there, I've always gotten questions and girls always reached out to me when I first started my Instagram. So the reason I started my Instagram and my YouTube channel was because kind of like you on the oil field basics, I wanted to just show people about the industry who didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it or who wanted to come into it my side of the story, yeah. which is like, hey, I'm a girl in a male-dominated industry, but it's actually been so great for me. Yeah. And I wish that it's the same career for you. If you want to take the chance and you want to sacrifice just like I did, look at how great it is or it was for me. Obviously, everybody has a different story. Some people may have come into it and hated it and didn't have a good time. I just wanted to show my story. And if, if I can inspire one girl to say, you know what, I was scared to go into oil and gas because of that, or I was not confident enough to join the industry because of that, then like, I feel like I did a good job. That's all I wanted. If I can inspire one girl to join the industry and have a great career for herself because she listened to any of my stuff at the beginning, then like I did my job. And it's so far, it's been really great because I get tons of messages every day of people, even guys and girls who are like, thank me for my Instagram or thank me yeah. for my YouTube because I've, I've shown them or I've taught them or now they have a job at Slumberger because of me, because they applied. Like, it, it's crazy kind of how many people are now in the industry and they're always like, oh, well, I watched your YouTube when I was in school and you kind of inspired me to do this. So it's been really great. And that's why I did my Instagram. It was just purely like, I want to shine a light on something that nobody talks about and no one ever, like, that's the thing with oil and gas. It's super secretive. Like no one likes to talk about it. Most companies are against their employees kind of posting too much and kind of opening up that conversation. But I think now we're in a social media world where like, you know, all of us spend a ton of time on YouTube and Instagram. And to me, it was like, this is the best opportunity for you guys to showcase oil and gas and to even get people to join. But nobody was jumping on that wagon. Like everyone's still very worried about social media. So it was definitely challenging, I would say, for the last three years since I've been doing it, just because it's not everybody's cup of tea. But I just kind of kept up with it because I knew I was changing people's lives, and that's all I cared about. Yeah, yeah. Did you, now that you've kind of, I, I forgot through all this that you even had a YouTube channel, um, honestly, but I think now that you've kind of mentioned something, there was something a couple years back that I remember watching, and some I think, like, it was a female doing a video about, I think it was Lumberjay. I remember the, the blue coveralls. And was, like, was it seriously? Because it was like, oh, I just moved me. to this, this new one. place. and like, yeah. <laughs> You can like probably That's go so back. Awesome. I'm the only one who has ever really put out content about oil and gas and about like her career in Wireline or even her career at Slumberger. Like, yeah. No, and people know me as like the Slumberger girl. They're like, oh, you're the Slumberger girl. <laughs> or like, That's awesome. I, it was like, I didn't really necessarily want to use the name just because, um, you know, you kind of want to keep your company out of all of this stuff. Right. But yeah. it was like, it was so easy to know who I worked for because <laughs> yeah. of my blue cover yeah. off. Like, oh, for sure. who else could it be? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, no, that's really yeah, cool. So, I didn't even think about that. So I, I watched video, uh, one of your videos, like years ago. Then that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, that I now. started about I started about three years ago, so it was for sure me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. So yeah, you, you documented then, most um, of your your career then. I did. I did. The only thing that was hard is I wish I could have been allowed to kind of record more of myself on location or oh, more of yeah, my job, day, like yeah. my day to day, like how I check my tools how we prepare the jobs, like more of a documentary series. Like I would have loved to do that because 
what I was able to do in the field was like very limited. Like I couldn't show nothing. It was always like me just talking, saying, this is what I did today, but I couldn't show it. So I really hope yeah. these companies kind of come around in the next five to 10 years and maybe make some videos about oh, it. Yeah, because I hope so. It's, it's so interesting for young people to watch this, or even if you're in school and you weren't going to join the industry and you watch these videos and you're like, oh, yeah. wow, now I want to do this. Yeah, but, you talk about an yeah. industry that kind of has it all, right? Oh, and gas for sure. Um, whatever, so whatever you think the future is, <laughs> or whatever, however long you think, and until things go, whatever, still something changes, right, in our industry. That <laughs> there, there, there's so many cool things to do, you know, regardless of, of how soon is. or late that ends up, that stuff ends up happening. Um, and and that's something that's, yeah. that's a pet peeve of mine for sure. With with Ulfa Basics, even also, I mean, there, there's definitely application. We like to do stuff with companies and and do videos and stuff. And I pretty much know like anything we do is probably going to be at the shop. Um, not much sense of trying to get on location much because there's, there's always a reason, right? There's always like, well, you know, you get each other's logos in the videos or, or, Hey, there's this product being tested, <laughs> right? This little tiny thing that you can't even see, but it's in there and it's being tested and, yeah. and piloted and it has all these agreements under it and you get legal. Like it's just, it's just so, insane. There's so much red tape. So much yeah. red tape. But, but think about what, what, what we, what that would do for the industry, right? If you could have, I mean, if you get like a network or something to pick up, like you said, like a documentary kind of lifestyle like show Netflix. or something like that. Yeah, literally, yeah, even Netflix, <laughs> but literally something. I mean, there's so much to soak, so much to, to learn. Uh, there's so many different ways that you could take just even, you know, being able to do to do video, whether you go the lifestyle way or whether you go the education way, like, like, like we push for and stuff. So there's, it's just, yeah. it would be a different, um, I think we'd be in a different place right now if our industry would allow that kind of stuff to happen because then you could you could talk about um, where the public actually has somewhat of a knowledge of, of what we do and I mean literally here um, in this basin I was with a vendor the other day and, and literally the discussion is talking about you know now how we disguise pump jacks and the thing is like people can recognize pump jacks here out here out here in the DJ basin and stuff out in Colorado but you know if you if you put a different type of artificial lift on it or something they have no idea they're like I don't know what that is <laughs> right so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's literally the game we're playing and and it's because people you know will see it and they'll they'll connect it to all these other dots that we don't want that they shouldn't be connecting it to right and we're not showcasing yeah, ourselves like, as an like industry he, exactly and there's so many uh, misconceptions too of what we do oh yeah and yeah I you know what I think I I think in the next five years there's gonna be a lot of changes even within companies. Because now they're all starting to have Instagram, which is like, what? Yeah. This is like mind-blowing. Yeah, but they're about as boring as can so be because they can't post anything. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Is, I know. I always say it. I'm like, guys, you need to be... That's why... I, so with the podcast, I kind of mentioned it a little bit. I'm like, you guys need to work on like the women empowerment stuff that you have out there because it's so boring and unrelatable. Yeah. It's like, after you watch those videos or like, you know, join the industry. Like nobody's going to apply to that. That was insanely <laughs> boring. We need a little bit more rawness and yeah. like more real. But like you said, it's just boring for now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Every, everybody listening to this, maybe if we all chipped in and and tried to push our companies, maybe we'd invoke a change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I th I think that'll just that'll take a couple years yet, um, or or even more until that that starts happening, or until we get another big event where we really have to do something. Um, yeah. Uh, you definitely saw thing, things change whenever Colorado just deal with the, the setback, the, the, prop, the, oh, like 119, I think, yeah, Prop 119 or whatever. Um, the, the industry band yeah. together, right? And it just, it just changed, changed the scope 
Um, and I think it's going to take something oh, yeah. like that probably. And, and you got all these politicians now coming out against, hey, talk about fracking bans, right? Like it's the new hot thing. And um, just yeah. <laughs> literally like that's it's becoming the norm. And people are going to start <laughs> thinking that that's feasible, um, that that's a feasible thing. So there's so much education to do. <laughs> so much. Totally, yeah. So yeah, just kind of, I guess, to wrap it up is um, so the podcast, the reason I decided to come out with the podcast is just, I can really explain a little bit more on women in oil and gas because through Instagram, it's just a picture. It's so hard to really show who I am through a couple of pictures. And then YouTube was just, it was just hard to like be editing videos and putting myself out there every single day. It's just, it didn't work. It was too much. And with podcasts, it's just easy. Anyone can listen to it worldwide. Um, You know, they can keep up with you every week. And what I really want to do with the podcast is to be able to interview women from kind of all sorts of steps in life, from either the field to just joining the industry to like middle level. And then mm-hmm. what I really want to focus on are like the top leaders in oil and gas who are women. So that mm-hmm. you can, we can kind of inspire the younger girls, say like, look at her story. Look at all her challenges. Look at where she is now. And look yeah. what a great career she did for herself in oil and gas. She was mm-hmm. one out of, let's say, 500, and she made it. And yeah. we just kind of want to use these stories to empower younger girls who maybe don't see a future. And through the stories, kind of, you know, get them to join the industry or to stay. Because a lot of women don't stay. They'll join and they'll leave after a couple of years. Yeah. So, and, like, we don't want to make it just for women. Um, so a lot of it is for guys, too. Like, a lot of the content, any guy can listen to it. We're not really focusing on oh, yay, women, screw men, like, not at all. Um, We even talk about how guys have been our biggest supporters. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for all my guy managers and all my guy operators and everybody who helped me out in the field. So I owe a lot to the guys. And honestly, like, everyone was very supportive of me being in the field. So I I kind of also wanted to showcase that as, like, yes, it is a male-dominated industry, but everyone's insanely supportive if you're a girl and you want to join. Yeah. So that's what we want to do with the podcast, and yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and you guys are doing this under the wing of um, Digital Wildcatters, right? Yeah. So we we just joined the team at Digital Wildcatters, and we're super excited. They're really well known in Houston. They're more of yeah. like the disruptors of the oil and gas, <laughs> and we're insanely excited to be there. We're we're going to be on their website too because we do have the video podcast. Um, and then as well as on the, you know, Apple podcast and Spotify and they're kind of taking care of all that. So it's been really easy for us. We just walk in, record and walk out. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's been great for us. Yeah. So I don't think you've mentioned the name of it yet. So how how do people find it? Oh, what's that? I was trying to be secretive. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to do your own research. uh, It's called flipping the barrel. Flipping the barrel. All right. How, Flipping what was the, the barrel, yeah. What was the insight on that name? Barrel of oil? Is uh, that so kind of Jamie, what you're to? Kind of, yeah. So Jamie's my co-host. So we are two girls on the podcast. And uh, we were just trying to come up with names. We were like, we we went on and on about like horrible names. Like nothing was catchy. <laughs> and she was like, how about Flipping the Barrel? Because it's like an oil barrel, like, like you mentioned. So it does represent oil and gas. And we're flipping it because... It's like girls coming in going like, okay, we're going to talk about our side of the story. So it was a yeah, little disruptive. For sure. <laughs> That's, I liked it. Coming up with a name is one of the, the hardest things. And I, you can kind of see who won the 
the argument here on on, on awful basics because yeah. <laughs> Sebastian and I we literally um, so we came up with it obviously while we were in college and um, we're, it was it's actually a liberal arts um, college that has petroleum engineering um, Marietta College but anyways we so we actually talk, so we got to talk to like one of the professors that taught like branding right and all this kind of stuff and she's like that sounds mm-hmm. like a sixty year old old dude came up with that that name I'm like that is perfect for our industry. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Yeah, so Actually, it is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, well, yeah, I kind of wish it was more creative name, right? Out starting the beginning of it and stuff like that. But my mind isn't really built for that. And then the other thing too is like, well, literally, if we call it that, literally everybody will know what we do, like right off the bat. <laughs> so I was at least- just gonna say I love it because it actually is oil field just basics. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, I think we're gonna stick with it. <laughs> I'm curious what it would have came up with, or what it would have turned out to be if we would have had uh, had her brainstorm up some more ideas. We had some very unique ones. I don't even oh, know what they were, but they were so indirect. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know what this means. <laughs> no, I think you guys did a great job. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a pretty good name you guys came up with too. So <laughs> there's a funny, funny backstory yeah. there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking, looking forward to this. And so you've got, um, how long are the episodes typically? You, so you come out one a, one a week, um, right? And then. Or about 40. 35 to 45 minutes. Okay, gotcha. Kind of. Gotcha. Yeah, some are longer than the others, but overall we kind of wanted to make it not super long, not super short. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to decide too because literally it's like with with us, it's like, well, we target somewhere around an hour. Sometimes that's more, sometimes that's less, right? But it's like you can't really take the stuff we're talking about and condense it shorter than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, other, other podcasts and stuff that anyway, we've had some other guests on the show that have their own podcasts and, uh, you know, they, they can do shorter ones, right? Because they're a very, very focused um, category. Um, they just have, you know, a little different topic every single time. So it's a little bit easier, but stuff like this, you know, you got to have some talk time. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Well, so it launches this week and you guys can check it out on, um, the podcast apps and everything, just like your, whatever you're listening to ours on, I'm sure it'll be available, um, on there as well. So check that out and yeah. thank you so much for for taking the time out of your dad i know you're, you're traveling somewhere had to pull off to do this so <laughs> appreciate yeah. your, your willingness to to come on and, and for reaching out and to, to share this pretty cool topic so i think there's something we can learn both of us you know all of us listening can can take something away from from this episode so thank you thank you so much for having me on i like super appreciate it and i hope yeah. that you know whoever's listening found it somewhat useful yeah absolutely absolutely and then um um Oh, where was I going to go with that? I have one. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if you had anything else that you uh, wanted to throw out here before we wrap up. Um, if I wanted to say anything else. Yeah. yeah. I usually always um, ask the guests that. <laughs> just that I'm like very excited for this podcast and it really would mean the world for us if you guys just check it out and uh, we're super open to feedback and yeah, I, I hope that anyone listening who is coming into the industry just gets to learn a little bit more of the oil and gas industry because it's, it's been really great for us yeah very cool and you, you, you've got a pretty cool perspective so i'm sure you'll have a lot of a lot of pretty cool discussions on that, that podcast so yeah thanks again yeah and, for sure <laughs> <laughs> you guys can check it out but thanks again for listening to another episode and we'll catch you guys in the next one take care